love you. Susie mm. Q. That has been stuck in my head for a long time. Really, Sarah? Yeah, every time you like, I've been like, you come up on my text or you come up and it's, it just pops up. Oh, my, I like it, that. It like, pops into my head. I well, think it's because I haven't been listening to a lot of my own music lately. So like, mm. I don't know. Maybe I'm just like... You're a blank slate. I'm a blank slate. Yeah. <laughs> well, welcome to the show. Episode 463. Woo. I'm really glad to be here. How about you, Sarah? Super happy to be here. As per usual, my As favorite place. Me I just too. love it. I just love it. I have, number one, a recommendation. Ooh. <gasps> okay, yes, yes, yes. What? You, you reminded me. Too. Nope, nope, nope. I don't, I don't. I don't. I don't. You tell me your recommendation first, and then there's <laughs> something I forgot to tell you that I ha- I just now reminded me, and I'm glad you did that, so go. Okay, so on Netflix, there w- is a series called The Song Exploder, and oh. it's based on a podcast, I think, with the same name. And um, I think there's only like five episodes or something. And each episode they do a different song and interview the the artists. And they explain how the song came to be, how it was produced, what it means, the uh, sort of cultural implications of the song or personal implications, like if it's about something in their life. Um, And anybody that enjoys music, as I do, will really love just hearing sort of behind the scenes on how, for example, episode one was Losing My Religion by R.E.M. And that song is such a great uh, song for... Creepy music video. Creepy music video and memorable music video. And, you know, it's a mandolin is the main instrument, which is weird, but it's a super big hit pop song. And um, it was delightful. And I just thought... And just wanted to recommend it to the audience. If you're into music, you might like it. And it's all different genres. In fact, the other songs in the series I nev- I've never heard of, and I really? still en- enjoy it. Like, you don't need to know the song to like the show. Oh, I love that. And it's kind of like how a hit becomes a hit or what? Yeah, and sort of like why the artist chose, why did you put the per- They separate each track. They isolate each track. And play it on its mm. own, so you can hear like the vocals and then oh, the percussion, wow. and it's so beautiful. Um, it's just great. <laughs> I love that. It's fun. Well, and you have such an ear, so I would imagine, like, if you're somebody who enjoys music, then well, in, in the first episode with REM, they isolated the percussion and played it for the drummer, and he was like, "I didn't even remember." making that part and then he's like play it regular like play the (laughs) you know the song and then he goes oh my gosh you're right it is in there and like (laughs) this is his own hit song oh my god that's so cool oh yeah Yeah, i definitely want to see that if even the artist can be surprised after hearing the song a gazillion times that shows you something that's really cool yeah so watch that and then i did just oh you tell me your thing and then i want to tell you one more thing well I did when we were having our like uh uh gushing about how much we loved the uh, Great British Baking Show. Yeah. I had only seen um even though I knew new new seasons had or new episode had been coming out, I had only seen episode or season 7 and then I started going backwards. For yeah. some reason I was like resisting wa- like watching the yeah, right. I had no idea it took place in real time. Oh yes! This is like the best news ever. I'm so excited for I'm so excited for Biscuit Week. 
It's the best. It was like it was like the gift that kept on giving. Because at first I like discover this show that's amazing, and then I discover that there are multiple seasons. So I'm like, oh, I'll go back and watch yeah. those to like I don't know, in some way prep me question mark for the new yeah. season. Doesn't make sense. And then mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I should like see what Susie's talking about and what this new season's like with this yeah. new host. And then I click it and I'm like, what? It's happening now? I thought it was recorded yeah. like way before. So they are, this is amazing. And that's all. I had to update yeah, you on my. Yeah, that was really cool that they had, they adjusted the production to deal with the pandemic. Because usually on, because England is so small, when they're not filming, they just go back home yeah. and practice baking and then come back for the next episode to film. But they couldn't do that during the pandemic. So they're like quarantining. And filming, which is more like an American reality show because we're all quarantined essentially anyway. Um, You might see increased stress on this one and a little more like... Tension. Yes, but I just love it. It's amazing. But like I texted Sarah last Friday because the new episodes are released one at a time. So you can't binge the new season. You just wait for Fridays when they come out. And I text Sarah and showed her a screenshot when Adam texts me and goes, babe, it's biscuit week. (laughs) Hashtag pumped. And like he genuinely was. He wasn't being silly. Right. And I got it. Biscuit week's a big week, man. Bread week. Oh, cake week. Cake week. (laughs) Question mark on dessert week. They have. Oh, is it like trifles or something? Yeah, but it's like, uh, is it dessert an umbrella term? You know what? It is weird because you know how at, when Adam says, do you want dessert? He says, like, what do you want for pudding? They call oh, all desserts pudding. I was thinking it was a breakdown. It was like a, a one of those. I think it might be like, because usually I'm like, is this Adam or is this England? I think this <laughs> might be an England question. I, think, I love that. I think it's an England thing too. Okay. So <laughs> dessert is like a probably something specific. Oh, you need to ask Adam yeah. what a dessert is. Yeah, <laughs> that's why I pictured like a trifle or something. Yeah, Some because elaborate. I think like Baked Alaska was one that was on there. Baked Alaska. He loves Baked Alaska too. That must be a British <sighs> favorite. Or like a 1970s thing. Or like True. 80s thing. True. Or and like maybe delicious. how does he feel about cruises? Because I feel like they do that on cruises. <laughs> does he like those? Stop it. Maybe he just loves cruises, but he can't talk about them because he's married to you and he knows how you feel about them. Yeah, and he knows right. that you would like shame him for it. Yeah, what if he loves all the stuff I hate, like hammocks and well, camping? So far, you're naming all the things that I love, and the chances yeah. of him liking those things, because Adam and I are very similar, pretty high. So I'm going to go with probably. I bet he oh, does God. enjoy a cruise and a buffet. We're doomed. Doomed. Ha! Um, okay, uh, next, I just wanted to say that I'm super excited, because you know how I write to prisoners. Yes, I do. And I have been writing to a person for three years, and they finally wrote me back. Wow. I'm super excited, so I wanted the Brainiacs to be excited with me, which is Mark David Chapman, who murdered John Lennon. <gasps> oh, so excited! My, oh my God, Susie, it's like all the blood just like left my body for a sec. <laughs> Why? I don't know because it just makes something that feels like it doesn't exist in real yes life mm-hmm. all of a sudden very real. Yeah, like it brings that right here. Yeah, when I because he wrote me via the um, JPay, which is their version of email, and I saw it in my inbox, and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Like I've been waiting for so long, and there it is. 
And, wow. you know, as they all are, he's super nice and wow. wants to talk about books and religion and stuff like that. Yeah, as like, they all do. Wow. What yeah. is the thing that you think got him? What was the hook? They got him to write back? Yeah. I'm still confused by it because wow. the last letter I wrote him was probably a year ago. <gasps> and then oh. once I wrote him via JPay and responded, then he's writing like every day. So I don't know what the holdup was. Maybe oh. there's a cue. And I just like made my way up in the front of the line. Or, oh, <laughs> or maybe that with, I don't know, the pandemic or something, people's attention is turned to other places and maybe the people who have been writing inmates are not doing that yeah, as much. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? I don't know. I, this is totally a, like, I have no reason for why that would be, but I'm trying well, to think of Well, and a lot of, of like, them can't changed. have visitors right now, so maybe the inmates oh, themselves have more desire for There you go. No inmates, no visitors, so mm-hmm. more need a, a need to connect. And even if he had never really gone on there before and maybe somebody that was, he was, I don't know, near or around or talked to said oh yeah mm-hmm. i use this and then he was like oh i'll get on there and then he sees your message <gasps> yeah, wow maybe Ooh, there's God a whole bless. story i'm just excited because i mean people are fascinating and those yeah. fringe characters they are a fascinating breed um, well i wish but, you luck in your interviewing yes. process and that he's open and i don't know yeah so but far not so good too, maybe <laughs> Hope he doesn't like me too much. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax. The way car buying should be. Okay, so uh, 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 first thing to discuss. How about... How about... A, a pickle a day keeps anxiety away. I that believe this. Okay. Really? And here's why. Okay. Uh, because <laughs> that's like... There's... You know how they say like the perfect diet is the Mediterranean diet and there's yeah. like always something that's pickled, like a pickled element to it, whether it's like pickled oh, yeah. um, Onion onions or, or even cucumber. Mm-hmm. There's like pickles like that go mm-hmm. with that or yeah, I feel like pi- something pickled is like probably good. I don't know. Does it have something to do with like bacteria and digestive enzymes or something? Yeah, yeah. Like it's, you know, kimchi and all that stuff yeah. that has been shown to be good for your gut. But I'm I was curious about why specifically helps with anxiety and Mm. and from the way that the article read it sounded immediate like it sounded like if you're really yes well get me a jar of pickles (laughs) i thought they meant like you know if you eat one every day then eventually you'll see these results that your right right anxiety lessens but this was saying like if you're worried about 
um, a meeting or a big stop it eat a pickle or something a sauerkraut okay okay let's think about why do they tell you why well, I mean, it said about the bacteria mm. and then that specifically social anxiety and neuroticism were Stop! Decreased. That's insane! I know, but they don't really know why. They're still like trying to figure it out. You gotta pick up it said your issue, man. When, <laughs> when, they, when they like studied the brains of people that had eaten the pickled foods... It had activated the same neural pathways yeah. as anti-anxiety meds, but why wow. they don't know? Weird, right? But great. Well, I love pickled foods, and this me is, too. I wonder if it's a natural like need to balance. And I would say you and I are kind of anxious mm. people, so totally. Is that like your body needing to like ba- regulate itself? I Dude, guess that is so crazy. You're blowing my mind here. I mean, we I'm, gotta stock up on pickles. Heck yeah! Well, you know what's crazy is I just bought—I've never purchased <laughs> this in my life. I just bought a thing of kimchi. Okay, and well, I was you're like, on the right track. I think I should probably eat this. And I bought like yeah. some bulgogi, <laughs> and like I was like, I'm and I'm gonna make a bowl, like a little, like you know. I'm telling you, your body knows stuff. Yeah. unconsciously or subconsciously that you like i swear your body was like i need kimchi because it, it, will pro- it probably was isn't that funky i never bought that ever and it, <laughs> i was like i definitely need this at the grocery store my and now i haven't eaten it yet so now this is just what i needed to like be like here you go eat that well and, and even if it's a placebo who cares who cares if it makes me feel like you know the only person that this doesn't work for is my brother <laughs> lucas who is deathly afraid of pickles. No. Not like afraid pickles. like he has a fear. But in the same way I have an aversion to mayonnaise. Mayonnaise. Yeah. He but his is even worse. His is more like jemmy and ketchup because he actually hates pickles. Like it I remember when he was oh, probably like seven or eight, we took him it was his birthday and we went to Jerry's famous deli, which is yeah. a Jewish deli and they give you instead of like a basket of bread, they give you a basket with some pickles in it. He lost his mind, had a full breakdown and started crying and we had to leave the restaurant. Wow. And yeah, and then once to torture him, my brother Jordan and I tied him <laughs> to my mom's bed and made him watch the history of the pickle on the Food Network. And he was very disturbed. Very disturbed. Cried the whole time. Like torture. What do you think he would be like now? He just wouldn't eat them but wouldn't make a scene? Yeah, he wouldn't make a scene. He definitely, we've recently talked about how he didn't like them. And then we also talked about how it was really fucked up that Jordan and I did that. So we, it my, is, my apologies, Sarah. Lucas. I did say, listen, I made a mistake. <laughs> I've since like cleared the regrets. air or like, you know, apologized or, or whatevs. But I, you know, it wouldn't work for him. But wow. Then I think about like a baby who's cranky and just like shoving a, a pickle and letting it suck on that for a little bit. Does that work? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it decreases anxiety, but it is fun to give a baby a pickle. And or they make that funny face. Like that. Oh, yeah. so cute. Because so, that's where my mind also went with this. Is it, what if mm-hmm. it's something where it's like overstimulating that makes sense. something else? Like, kind of like, like splashing like water. Did, it's like that thing we learned about that, the brain and like how you can get rid of an itch if you put the mirror in a certain uh-huh. place on your body. Right. Because you're... So it's like that where 
you're just distracting your mind. Yes. And then I was thinking about the cold water study with the duck or something like that. Like there was some study that you were talking about, about how it reduces right. like stress or anxiety or like an anxious response or like, I can't remember, but some reason ducks, <laughs> this is what's so funny. ducks were we involved. Have, like, pieces of, pieces of in information. <laughs> right. We, we are just, we know just enough to be dangerous is really you what this what? is. It's better than nothing. Whatever. Whatever. Okay. Another bit of good news is that a new cheese was invented during the pandemic. I'm super stoked about a it. A new I know you're not cheese? A cheese lover, no, yes. I'm a cheese lover, just not in its melted state. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, you might like this one because what happened was these cheesemongers were um, left with all this monster cheese that doesn't oh. keep very long. Yeah. And you know, the lockdown happened and they were like, great, now we have all this monster cheese and nobody to eat it. So they decided to experiment. Typically with monster cheese, you go down into the cellar and three times a day you have to wipe off the humidity and that's what gives it its signature flavor and um, rind on the outside. Mm -hmm. But they were like, fuck it, we're not wiping that goddamn humidity (laughs) off. (laughs) We're just going to let them live. Yeah. Let them age naturally. And in so doing, they ended up with a different kind of cheese that was very mild in flavor. And then they offered it to their kids and their kids couldn't quit eating it. And they were like, okay, we're on to something here. You can't tell me that there hasn't been a situation where some monster maker forgot <laughs> to go wipe his cheese and hasn't created this before. This could have been invented with somebody who, like, was just distracted for a season, right? <laughs> You're like, if I were a cheese monger, this I would be. If I, I could I, have done this. I, this the, the, the solution is do nothing? Yes. Okay. That's my what kind else of cheese we apply? Right. I'm like, what else could I apply the same logic to and get some cool results? Yeah. And they named it. Um, oh, my gosh. That's so funny. Lay. Confine or something, which means like the confined or in confinement because oh, it was made during lockdown. That's cool. Yeah. I like that. I like the inve- – wow, you know what? They say that you can't reinvent the wheel, but you can, however, reinvent a wheel of cheese. Yes. <laughs> right. And like isn't that the good news we all needed? It at sure this is. Time? There you go. Huh. Maybe I'll I wonder stick if I'd like the, that. Uh, well, apparently kids do. Well, I, yeah, like, I like a really cheese mild. with a sharper taste. I'm all about the the stink and the. You're right, though. It does seem like that cheese would have come first, and then the monster. Yeah, and then they were like, "Oh, second. that's not as flavorful. Let's start wiping it off and see if the bacteria <laughs> produces or whatever. I don't know. What do I know? I know nothing about cheese. I just don't like it melted. That's it. That is strange. Do you think that you're, you had a bad experience with it? Or what? No, I, I think I just relate it to food that, that makes me feel not good. Mm, it like yeah. causes me to have an upset stomach and like too greasy and all that. And it's just like, it's and more that's that. That's all she wrote. Yeah. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Look around. 
You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader. Okay, let's stick with the food topic. This is just oh, a quick thing, yes. which is NPR says that an Irish court said that Subway's bread oh. doesn't count as bread. I saw this. I'm, I'm, what do you I'm, think? I love it. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Tell me why. Because I don't like when companies... Mm-hmm. <sighs> okay, I went to the grocery store the other day because... Um, I was trying to decide, like, I wanted to make, like, a real nice breakfast for us. And I was like, mm, I'm really craving cinnamon rolls. So I went and mm. I looked at the cinnamon rolls. And I, first I checked a recipe for cinnamon rolls. And I was like, okay, that's, like, doable, especially since Susie got me that bread maker. Shout out to Susie. Um, and <laughs> Shout out to, to you. Suze. To you. Uh, and so, and I, so I knew the ingredients that were in the bread or in the, in the cinnamon roll that I was going to be making at home. Then I went to the store. And I looked at the ingredients that were in the cinnamon rolls that I w- could be buying. And I was like, this. Mm, that's a big mistake. Right is. I do not want to. Like, that seems like a lot of gross stuff to put in my body. Wow. So, yeah. Somehow this related to that. Now I can't remember because no. I'm thinking about how much I would love a cinnamon roll right now. <laughs> you're like having regrets. Yeah. Well, you are you like the idea is what you were saying about like putting companies, yeah. holding oh, them yes. accountable. Yes, thank you. Yes, yes, yes. To be like, that's not what that is. And they're, the bread, bread, quote, quote, it, it had too high of a sugar content, right? That's right. Yes. Yeah. So that th- that's something that they're not, that if you're not a savvy consumer if you're like just trusting that the company is giving yeah. you this good sandwich the freaking jared's eating between molesting children <laughs> freaking jared you know like <laughs> you don't lie to me like don't, i want to know i want it to be i just don't like when companies it's kind of like what's the green thing that that there's a name for it that you introduced me to where people are like fake green it's like eco like oh, yes. like you're basically like flexing but you're not it's like using it's that it's all bogus yeah yeah, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, there's a name for it. Per, per, I don't know, but something. Yeah, because basically they were arguing that in order for bread to be bread, there's a list of criteria that it must meet. And that included having, I forget if it was, I think it was 2%. The dough itself couldn't be made up of more than 2% sugar. And Subway's yeah. is 10%. So it's oh. not even close. Oh, my, 10% sugar. That's insane. And so by definition, in Ireland, it is not considered bread. We in America do not have these same regulations. We should. Um, we're fine with tons of sugar, apparently. Ugh, so, so, so we don't have the same designation. But in Ireland, you're not eating bread. Yeah, you're not. You're eating a dessert between... It's a sugar loaf. It's a sugar loaf. Oh, my God. Sugar <laughs> loaf sandwich, which sounds delicious, <laughs> that by does. the way. I'm hungry. And like now, don't you feel like bamboozled because like sugar, mm-hmm. like it's supposed to, if I, if I'm getting 10% sugar in that, I want it to freaking right. taste like that. Exactly. That doesn't taste Give me like, Snickers. like, yeah, exactly. I'm like, I, what a waste. What a waste <laughs> of my daily intake of sugar on something where I don't even get the, mm, you know? Yes. Yeah. And a savory not. item. Plus ketchup's <sighs> like that too. 
Yeah, that's sneaky like that too. But you're very strict on your ketchup. I'm a little more like loosey goosey <laughs> on that, and I get like the organic kind that's uh, that's low sugar and all that. Oh, there you go. You know, okay. trying to like you know live forever over here, Suze. <laughs> you and my mom. Actually, God. not really. But my mom did say the other day she was talking to me about like I don't know, giving me like motherly pearls of wisdom and like talking about I don't even know what she was saying like. Oh, she said, like, you, like, look back at your life and you'll be like, wow, but gosh, man, look at that quarantine we went through. That sure was something, or I don't know what she was saying. But when yeah. she said it, she was like, yeah, and when you're 97 and you're about to die, and I was like, in that moment, it felt like my mom was getting some, like, download from, like, you know, the, the spirits <laughs> right. above. And it the sounded spirit. like she was very sure that I was passing away at oh. 97. And I, in, in my mind, I was like, oh, that sounds like the right number. Oh, that's that's not a bad number. Yeah, I'm good with that. And it was like, okay, I'm, I'm here for a long time. We're good. What's the math on that? What year would that be? Nine, uh, oh. 2,879. No, wait. Dude, if you can do that math that you're, fast, well, I you're, don't No, because you're just 100 years minus three. Oh, okay. 83. 2083, you would be, right? The hell year were you born? 1986. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> 2083. Oh 2083. Wow. 2083. That's a nice year. You got plenty of time. Imagine what this world will be like in 2083. I can't even wrap my head around that right now. I think that's good advice by your mom, though, because we, we as a, the people who experienced 2020 can do that whole thing that old people do where it's like, when I was your age or I went through this, yeah. the war and whatever. We I can't have wait to lecture about walking to school uphill both ways. Exactly. Yeah. We have, we've got our thing. That's yeah. fun. Yeah. <sighs> okay. Moving struggle. on. I, I'm mad because... Um, Facebook banned an ad for period underwear. Oh God. They're like New York city subways. They did. They, they did a very similar thing. They banned the ad for period underwear because they used red blood. What are we supposed to do? That stupid fucking blue liquid that you're pouring into the... Can you believe? Because the blood oh. looks like blood. And if it was blood from your head or your hand or something, it would be no problem. They're just grossed out this that it comes out of our vagina. This is the most insane thing. I mean, I'm here's so the thing. Mad. It is gross. But it doesn't... Yes, it is. But like, we're not sitting <laughs> here gross. going like, oh, yay, we want it all over us. No. But we just don't feel like we <laughs> need to hide it. How come I can literally see the red wedding in Game of Thrones, where people are yeah. like blood everywhere, that's like glorified. You turn on any video game, and you got like <laughs> blood yeah, squirting out of anything. But the, when it comes out of our vagina, it's seen as profane. Come on, fuck For you! Pete's sake, fuck everything. Mike, so, Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah, but listen, that guy. that guy. I mean, <laughs> that guy. It. Uh, I mean, it doesn't uh, surprise me, but I'm still mad about it. Gosh, I they still said haven't... it violated the terms because it was um, provocative and offensive, or something like that. Uh, it's that, provocative, that, but only because of people sense, like so them. So is the middle finger. Like, so, what? Where's the line? What? Everything can be provocative and offensive. Halloween yeah, yeah, is yeah. provocative, offensive. If you ask your mother, they they use the word shocking. Like, if anything's shocking. I'm well, like, I'll tell everything ya, on Facebook is... <laughs> it doesn't shock me when I see it in my underwear every month. That's pretty predictable. That's about the least shocking thing that happens. I'll be shocked when it doesn't happen. 
I love when you yell. Golly, I'm just like stupid. That's a stupid thing to say. <laughs> Not you, him. Sarah is shocked at their shocking claim. Yeah. I'm like, you're stupid. That's stupid. I rarely use that, that word. That is. Yeah, that's like up. a swear word for you. It is. And I'm going to say that that is that. Wow. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. There, here's another little one. I'll just do, these are all like kind of like little ones. This is actually a good thing. This was um, in Science Magazine and they were talking about how um, people, I guess it's like an organization, but I'm not sure who the they is, but they created decoy eggs to put in Costa Rica in the um, to simulate turtle eggs. Oh, okay. Yeah, and they have GPS in them. So if poachers steal them, they oh, can catch them. This is great because I did see, I saw that like headline that GPS is saving baby turtles. And I was like, how yeah. on earth did they get that little GPS on that little baby turtle? And now this makes much more sense. Yeah, and a lot of them, like, I forget how many they had, but a certain percentage of them, the poachers knew and tossed them aside. And Mm -hmm. so that was unsuccessful. But there were several that they were able to catch. And I wanted to ask you, because I figured you would know, what the heck do these poachers do? They sell the turtles or? Well, my, my, maybe. And then maybe that, like, turtle soup that. Right. I feel like, can we just stop with the soups of endangered animals? <laughs> Nobody even likes that shit. Right, because didn't they say that the... Shark um, fin soup, shark turtle fin, sh- Yeah. It doesn't even have a flavor. It's yeah. just a thing. Right. And then that bird's nest soup, stop. Er, just yeah, stop what is soup. that? There's one that's like, the, oh God, it's going to be Is that a real bird's nest? Yeah. There, and then there's another one, but it's been like, oh, let me see, bird's nest soup. I think it's, like, weird where it's been, like, it's been, okay, okay. They're created out of the solidified saliva harvested for human consumption of swiftlet bird nests. Gross. Just fuck, why are we doing that? Stop why doing that. Why are we doing that? <laughs> Stop doing that. Come on. <laughs> that, I I'm, I'm always talk about this, but do you know that Bob Newhart sketch where He's playing a psychologist, a psychiatrist, and his clients come in and they describe like, I wash my hands 50,000 times a day and blah, blah, blah. And then he's always like, well, stop doing that. <laughs> and I'm not like, that's that. really like the that's essence so of therapy. Yeah. Well, don't do that anymore. Stop. Yeah, what? Why are you doing so that? It's so simple. I mean, for real, that's like, like, like what I go to a therapist and she's like, well, what's stopping you from like doing that every day? And I'm like, well, fuck. I don't know. Well, then just do it. Okay. I will. <laughs> but that's true. Here's I mean, my that's money. What I, that's what I said in my TED talk was 
there's a reason why Nike's slogan has been just do it for however long. <laughs> it's right. just the truth. It just do it. Just but do it's it. hard to do it. It's so hard to do it. We can't. It's so hard to figure it out. But but it is hilarious to say, just can we stop with the soups? <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Enough. <laughs> Nobody even likes it. Oh, Nobody God. likes it. They don't even taste good. Right. I uh, Yeah, that's really funny. I just, <clears throat> I don't know. All right. Let's uh, move on. Let me think what I want to tell you about. Um, how about an update on the Mona Lisa? That's fun. Oh, yes. I will take okay. one. So they're always studying that thing because mm-hmm. it's just so famous and there's so much interest in it. So a recent study of the Mona Lisa conducted over the course of 15 years. I don't know what takes them so fucking long. But yeah, it doesn't anyway. change. <laughs> right. It's right Pretty, there. Right, right there. Same, same. They detected earlier marks in charcoal on the canvas um, and the marks in the hand and hairline show artist Leonardo da Vinci shifted her pose over the course of the painting to make her look look more directly at the viewer. And uh, they said that the process of figuring that out was accomplished with a multispectral camera that can detect reflected light at you know, this crazy rate or whatever to observe the sketch underlying the famous painting. And the analysis also detected a hairpin, which was dropped from the final work. Oh, so she like had her hair did. And then they're like, no, let's make her like beach waves. (sighs) Oh my God. So he took a little creative Liberty in his, uh, uh, and don't you wonder like portraiture why he was like, maybe he did the Coco Chanel thing where he removed one piece of jewelry. Oh my God. That is such a freaking funny joke. That is so good. <laughs> but I mean, like, maybe he really mm, did. Nope. Too much. <laughs> yeah, because... Um, what do we think this co- is? The Baroque period? Come on. <laughs> get that out of here. Baroque. Right, because Coco Chanel said, when you're going to leave the house, you should look in the mirror and remove one piece of jewelry before you go. Like, right. you have to edit. So maybe Da Vinci was like, you know what? That's too much. Yeah. She's, a, she's a simple lady. She doesn't... Be casual, Mona. Yeah. You're overdoing it. Oh, you've over-accessorized, my dear. Less is more, Mona. Less is more. I mean, he really should have given her a little help with those brows or lack thereof. (laughs) Help a girl out. What was wrong with them? I don't even think she has any. Oh, my God. Let me see. Let me see. Mona Lisa. She doesn't have eyebrows? I mean, they're not a lot. No, she doesn't. You're right. No wonder she looks mysterious. Right. We know this. We've talked about the the eyebrow thing. I forgot. Well, we talked about it in general, but I didn't think we talked about it with Mona. Right. Just about eyebrows. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow, people. <laughs> We're still learning. Maybe it did take them. Maybe they did need all 15 years or four years or whatever. So. Yeah, right. Who are we um, to judge? Do you... I mean, it is annoying, though, how scholarship depends on funding and yeah. funding depends on public interest. And so people yeah. are so obsessed with Mona Lisa that now we're just sort of like studying her because it's like possible to get funding for it. Yeah. This is my theory anyway, yeah. rather than other things that are less publicly appreciated, but maybe would be more consequential. Yeah. And it it's, <clears throat> I don't even know why these paintings become so... It's got to be just the mass that that it's more uh, exposure and familiarity than the actual 
quality of the work. I'm not, oh my God, by no means am I saying the Mona Lisa is not quality art. Leonardo da Vinci isn't a genius. I'm just saying it's interesting that, you know, we, we just get fixated. I don't even think it's the best work by Leonardo da Vinci. Yeah, I would agree. It's, it's evidence of how something could just catch on and become a thing. Yeah. And there's not always, you can't always figure out why. I did read though that, um, there's, a new painting they found in Australia that somebody bought for 60 bucks that they think was Van is Van Gogh. And I Ooh, love those stories. Me too. Oh, I the mean, ultimate. What was that? Antiques Roadshow story. Yeah. Oh, like, I always love the episode of Will and Grace. <laughs> if you haven't seen that one, that one, definitely yes. watch that. It's the best one. <laughs> go, just go. There you go. You're welcome. Oh, God. Yeah, because... Everyone wants to think that when they go to a flea market or an antique store, whatever, that they're going to find some sort of like the Declaration of Independence hidden behind oh some God, crappy right. painting or whatever. Right, right. And so it's so fun when it actually happens. Oh, it really is. And I do like hearing how the experts try to figure out if it is authentic and they do all this work with like brush stroke style and mm-hmm. stuff that I can't even understand, but... Yeah, I was, uh, I can't remember what it was. It was some documentary I was watching on Netflix where they were looking at carbon dating and they look at the levels of radiation or the levels of certain elements that are on the painting and the concentration of it from after um, like we started using nuclear weapons and they, and that we are now because we've stopped using nuclear weapons and testing them and signed these treaties, which is wonderful and fantastic, we um, are losing the ability to timestamp these works of art. We are losing it? Yeah, because there isn't enough cart. We can't test it. Like There isn't enough. It's like we only have a limited amount of time that we can use this style of testing before it is depleted and it runs away. It runs out. Isn't that crazy? I can't remember where I'm going to have to find the source for this. I think it's in that. Oh gosh, I can't remember what it is, but I'll find where I saw this. Cause it was really, I was like, what? And yeah, it's like great that we have it, but it's going away. I thought you were going to say just that every, like basically everything and everyone is radioactive now. Like we're all Marie Curie. Yeah. Probably. Did you see that tweet? My friend Eileen did this tweet that went viral that was like, she said, I told a guy I was dating one time that I was distant relatives with Marie Curie, and he said, it's pronounced Mariah Carey. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like the perfect mansplain moment. Yeah. yeah. It's pronounced Mariah Carey. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> I hate it. Oh, remember that, remember that guy, uh, who that match.com response I got years ago that where I think I said I loved entomology or, uh, I loved etymology and he said, I love bugs. <laughs> and we were like, no, sir. Wrong one. That's so cute though. Yeah. I mean, that's at least, but he, he did a few more things that you. were not. Okay. I feel like he did though. I don't remember. That that would there would probably be a good overlap there in the For same guy sure. that gets up. Yeah. For sure. He didn't get a date at the end. <clears throat> Sarah's gonna be very excited because we have a guest mm. that she worships. Worships? I'm so excited. It, maybe you saw me freak out on Instagram about this. 
Joe Frost, a.k.a. the Super Nanny, is, you know, a national treasure. She does live in America now, so we can claim her as our national treasure. Oh, my God. Queen of chore charts. (laughs) I should say enforcer of all chore charts, which I just love. Yeah. Time out she holds people accountable. Naughty corner. Oh, I love a naughty corner. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. <laughs> well, okay. So you know how I often put out calls for our listeners to write questions for people I'm interviewing. Mm-hmm. Well, this was unlike anything I've ever experienced <laughs> because people have such reverence for her. Yes. Like there's a sense of honor that mm-hmm. they speak about her with mm-hmm. and gratitude. And first of all, you don't hear that very much in general, but you really don't hear it for many reality stars. Right. Yes. So I was just like so happy that people are just really, they look to her for guidance and she's doing the Lord's work. Really? Yes. yes. And I think she sees parents and she like, meet and just validates them and then Mm -hmm. also calls them out and like you know lets them know that you're gonna get she's supportive i freaking love it oh well my brother always used to say that love is a command to rise Mm. and i feel like that's what joe does where she's like i love you enough to say you can do better and yeah. I'm going to help you do better and I'm going to show you how. And yes. she gives people the tools and empowers people. And it's really great when reality TV can oh. give something good to the world. I love it. Let me um, read her bio before we introduce her. Joe Frost is the most globally recognized parenting expert in her field, having acquired a legacy of over 30 years experience in her genre. She's an award-winning, best-selling author and a TV host expert, best known for her show Super Nanny, of course. In addition, Frost is founder of Nanny Joe Productions, which has produced shows like Nanny on Tour, Britain's Killer Kids, and Extreme Parental Guidance. And also, she's my buddy on Twitter. That's how I got to know her. And, um, so I, I don't normally reach out via DM to like celebrities who may follow me because I don't want to take advantage, Mm -hmm. but I just felt like a lot of people are struggling during the pandemic Yeah. Oh. and people are having doubt and feeling like they're letting their kids down and their kids are going to be traumatized forever. And I thought, you know what, maybe she would come on and talk about that. So that was what our, the focus was of the interview. And um, people submitted so many questions that I just tried to cover it more generally 
you know, the things they were interested in. So we love Joe Frost. Love. I'm so excited. I cannot wait. (laughs) Welcome to the show, Joe. Hello, Joe Frost. Welcome to the Brain Candy Podcast. I'm so honored to be talking to my e-friend today. Thank you for having me. Hello. What an honor. And I'll tell you what. So whenever I put on our page that we would be talking and said, submit your questions to our listeners, I have never, ever received a response like I have for you. People treat you with such reverence and like, like you're a goddess, which, you know, that must be nice. So <laughs> what, I'm wondering what it's We're like. We're all goddesses, darling. We're all goddesses. That's what I'm saying. But do you feel like walking around in your skin is an interesting experience because of the reaction you get from the faces you see? Um, it is an interesting experience because, of course, you know, I was doing this before I was doing it on camera. So it was a a whole new experience coming to America um, 16 years ago and actually doing my work on camera because of the opening of the beginning of the reality genre. And now for the evolution of that where it's very much scripted and there's hardly a lot of non-scripted factuality it posed a lot of questions in the beginning like is this woman for real is she an actress are those kids kids acting um is this family really that extreme like are they really having these issues and once we got past the first sort of couple of seasons I would say people realized oh this is this is what she does this is her life's work this is her career you know and we're just taking what she does you know for a living and seeing that um (laughs) under the guise of you know the super nanny show then as it was um so you know i think you know people were i i'm really really fortunate i feel very fortunate because i hear from crew um lots of different crew working in different parts of the world they say not everybody's as fortunate as you are with uh, people being so kind to them. But I think, you know, I think people realise, you know, I'm there to help. And, you know, they realised that I was a stable in their life um, that became a mirror to so many families. And I, you know, am compassionate and I have empathy and I do deliver the truth and I'm no nonsense. And I think it was bloody well refreshing for so many Americans. Like, ooh, that hurt a little bit. It is the truth. It hurt. But you know what? She's delivered it and she's still here. And she's like, okay, so I'm going to roll up my sleeves too and put my hands in this bucket of muck too. So, you know, I think there was a real kind of respect for the fact that I wasn't doling out what needed to change. I was like, let's do this together. And I'm about, you know, I'm about to help you do that, you know? So the first sort of, I would say the first 10 years were really garnering that respect from the American public who were watching. And so there is that there is that lovely warm reception that I had to get used to. I have to say it was a little bit bizarre in the beginning. My husband really helped me with that. I wasn't used to people kind of coming up to me and just throwing their arms around me or wanting to kiss me or <laughs> in, the, in the middle of like, you know, trying to order some fish at the supermarket or something. It was a little bit I was a little bit taken back by it at first. And I said, oh, I feel a little bit uncomfortable, but I know it's coming from a good place. And my husband's, you know, working in the business said, oh, it's, you know, 
it's just friend you know it's just people who are watching and they're excited and and you I guess I just became a little bit more as the years went on more confident with embracing that you know um, and recognizing that it made truly um, the impact that it did because I did not come from that world you know I didn't come from a tv world I came from you know professionally being a nanny and then a consultant helping and troubleshooting so it was a very different um, you know as you will know yourself you know I kind of came through the side door just doing what I love to do right (laughs) Yeah, but you're the good kind. Like most of us are, you know, we misbehave and and they show us on television being less than savory. And <laughs> so whenever there's a reality show that has great storytelling, it's still compelling and dramatic, but is creating a greater good. I think people are yeah. really grateful for that. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, it's it's a feel-good, uplifting show. And I've heard a run of the gamut look you know people have said to me oh my god it's great you know birth control others have said (laughs) it's great you know others have said it's great confirmation um others have said god i've learned so much i did not know what to do you know however you receive it um you know i call it you know my work is on screen it's a factuality um it doesn't need to be produced you know these are real families that really have issues and I think if you just go forward helping these families with the integrity that I have and and the moral compass that I'm very comfortable with, um, you can bring a family to a place of really being successful if they want it. And um, that never gets old, Susie. It never gets old when the penny drops and you see a couple so happy um, because they now realise, it's like they they realise for the first time, oh, my God, I... I am capable of being able to do this. I can do this. And at that moment, you're so happy because you're very present. You know, I'm very present with uh, when I'm with a family working with them. Of course, I'm not thinking about anything else, but helping this family on their journey. Um, And then you sort of, you know, say goodbye to the family and you say, wow, not only has it helped this family, but now they're going to pass that information forward. And truly the power of the medium of television allows you to be able to help people worldwide. And that, to me, is just, that's unbelievable. Like, wow. Like, that, you know, when you find out that your shows are in, like, 149 territories and you're on a ferry going, you know, for a couple of days to Morocco and somebody points you out on a seat in the ferry and says, I just want to say thank you. You're like, wow, look at the impact of that, you know? Um, It's incredible. It's incredible. So... You know, I feel, um, I I do feel very blessed that I've had the opportunity. The experience that I have and given the opportunity came together at the right time to continue helping. And uh, what more? My God, look right now. Like we we need it. I mean, we've always needed it. But look right now. That was was the theme of so many of the questions was this particular moment in time and we're all so burdened with stress and worry and all sorts of other problems. And yet people are thinking, you know, parenting in a pandemic is a totally different beast. And they're worried. They're fearful that they're letting their children down, that they won't be, uh, the children will be stunted in their maturation process. How do you comfort them? 
I think you have to put things into perspective. Um, and it's hard when families around, well, not, as I was about to say, around the world, but in some countries we've seen a better example than others. Yes. Um, but if we're, if we're talking about this country, America, then um, that's very difficult when there's not direction and there's not truth and there's not leadership. Um, and it's important um, to have that. And we've seen how not having it um, has led um, a country to be shaken um, by the circumstances and the reality um, of this pandemic that has been minimised. Um, I think it's important to put into perspective when you have collected the scientific data and information, what choices will you make as a family that, number one, will keep your family alive, period. Because, like the governor of New York said, there's no coming back from passing away. There's no coming back from that. And that has to be the first priority. How do I keep my kids safe, my family safe, so that we're protecting us and others? And that takes a collective mindset. And right. we have been living in one that's very, you know, an individualism, right? Individualism is real. It's out there. Me, yeah. myself and I. So it has taken us to sit for a minute and recognize that our actions have true cause in saving lives. But I would say to many families, as I have, in the beginning, in March and April, we were in panic mode. We totally went into fight or flight. We now realize that this is the new norm. And there is no going back to how it was because this will never go away. They will find a vaccine, the scientists, um, for this. And no doubt this particular virus will have a vaccine for it. And like the flu, over years will, will probably dilute itself, right? Yes. Um, and become uh, less and less strong in its strain. Right. However, the immediate is to recognise that this pandemic truly did highlight two things. How we were going to move forward with the new challenges presented, which were homeschooling, how we were going to create boundaries and some privacy for us all to have space under one roof, when we as human beings love our family but had been used to saying goodbye to our wives or husbands, partners, kids going off to school, and now we're feeling a little bit suffocated all in the same space. So how do we create the bubble of privacy in our own homes and create more harmonious feelings and energy um, in our own environment? And how we move forward addressing... The issues that have been highlighted because of the pandemic. So if you were already having challenging issues with your kids, if your communication was broken down with your teenagers already, then COVID-19 just highlighted that yes. and gave you nowhere to run. You couldn't stay at the office later. You couldn't go on a vacation to make it go away for 10 days. You had to address the issue at hand and walk through it. You know, you had to walk through it. So having helped over 1,200 people since March, it, it really boiled down to two boxes. 
the issues that have always been present that now became highlighted and the ones that I was going to help families through because of the pandemic, losing jobs, children who have lost parents that are now living with their older brothers and sisters or their aunties, you know, the reality of, um, you know, older children sharing bedrooms and all getting on top of each other and arguing, um, you know, couples for the first time recognising, oh, my God, I, I love my husband, but he's driving me crazy. He's underneath my ankles. What am I going to do with this? I need my own space. And vice versa, you know. So there were many um, core issues. And, and those, you know, and those families that just needed some techniques um, and some tools to be able to apply to not survive, but to thrive. Because I do feel that COVID-19, if you can take a moment to exhale will help us to equalize and balance what we normalized yes you know you have to remember for 16 years i've traveled around america and i've been to 48 states of this country and helped many a family but also heard many a tell susie it couldn't go on the way it was going on yes you know families were we were normalizing not eating together and never seeing each other. We were normalizing the fact that we were never truly spending quality time with our family, not quantity, but actual quality time with our family. That disables us to be more intuitive in knowing our children and trusting our gut instincts. We were honoring and comparing on social media those mums that were juggling 50 plates saying, oh, my God, look at her. I wish I was her. She's juggling 50 plates. She's doing so well. And actually, unbeknown to everybody, was a frazzled, emotionally burnt out mother. You With know? pretty pictures. Yes. With those lovely pictures, <laughs> you know, um, and everybody thought, oh, that's what we need to project and followed the herd. Um, instead of just saying, look, this is me, this is it, this is, this is how it is. We were over-scheduling as if our children were going to miss out on the world if they didn't do violin, piano, hockey and football <laughs> all at once. And thinking, right, and thinking that our children are invincible and that they wouldn't be moody or tired as we're putting them through that. So now we're expecting our children to meet our ego expectations of a parent because if our child is doing all of this never mind if they're exhausted by friday yeah we might just look like a great parent a perfect parent you know so um all of these um all of these examples is kind of how we've normalized um our family and a lot of those issues i was helping families with on the road and it took the time like these families have to take time off of work mm -hmm. unless it's part of their story so you you saw me with the Osler family um this season helping this mother they'd lost a child before they were raising two boys and her husband was a firefighter so it was part of their story because he was gone away you know but in general if it's not part of the reason they're asking for help these families have to take time off they have to put the time in. They have to be willing to at least uh, show up, 
right? Even if they're having trouble throughout the process, that's fine. I welcome that. It gives me an opportunity to, you know, hear from their standpoint and to help them. But you have to be committed. And so we have the time to do that right now. We have the time to really look at what's not working for us and to prioritize what truly is important. And I've always said this, and we're in the middle of this right now because, you know, everybody's coming up to vote in four weeks' time. But having good standards and family values and a moral compass and a need to raise our children with respect and good social conduct, I don't understand how that's been hijacked by the Republican Party. Listen, Joe, you know how I feel. I feel the same way. That belongs to everybody. Like, I help every family, regardless of your political um, views and opinions. So as a Brit, (laughs) I really stood back and I'm like, how is this being seen as Republican? Because actually, this has got nothing to do with politics. Right. Um, This is about families, regardless of their own views. Um, and their own opinions, raising their children to be well-adjusted, empathetic human beings, you know? So um, it kind of puzzled me, um, and I needed to sort of speak out about it, you know? No, I think it's so true, and I got chills when you were talking about the circumstances that we're in. It's a shame that we have, it had to come to this for the, you know, perhaps some improvements to happen, But I do hope that's the silver lining, that people start to see, you know what, the way it was was not the best way. And we do need to be together as families and be teaching our kids and having quality time, as you suggested. Yeah. I really do hope that. And the tools. And we do, you know, we do need to learn the tools. That's what's fantastic about the show. You know, it gives me the ability to look at different relatable circumstances and to be able to provide the advice um, and the tools and the techniques to help Um, parents with those parental challenges but what we've also seen um, in this season which I'm very happy that we decided um, to do more of because it was important for me coming back uh, Mm -hmm. for season eight was to break down the fourth wall and show families it's not in and out you know it's not a DIY quick put the wallpaper up and knock the shelf in and you're good there's hours of conversations Um, I have to, you know, talk to both the parents numerous times or the single parent. Sometimes there is, you know, a hurdle. Excuse me. Sometimes there's a hurdle that a particular parent is overcoming. um, And then you go into, um, you know, couple mediation and advice as well as life, really life coaching, for the want of a better word, um, through the endeavours of bringing them to a place of realisation and leaving them with the work to do on themselves as they come together as a couple, recognising how they will be more happier with less, with less. Um, But what they do have is more purposeful and more more meaningful. Um, And uh, I think that, you know, I I think that really is a lot of brain thought uh, for many families, Um, Because we do live in a world where we want immediate gratification. Right. 
Oh, we now. want everything. We want everything now. We want to click our fingers and it just <laughs> appear, you know, like, like, you know, like truly Mary Poppins. Let's just sprinkle. Yeah. Can you make that happen, stuff. Joe? <laughs> yeah. Can you just like, just click your fingers, chick chop, daddy Joe, let's go. All done. Um, you know, I think it's a little bit of a surprise when I'm like, um, actually, no, you're going to be doing the work for the <laughs> yeah, next like, Good news, bad oh, right. news. <laughs> I, I do remember, I do remember a funny, um, I do remember helping a family once years ago um, and it was for the, saw the show. And I remember I walked in and the lady said, okay, well, we're just ready. Um, I let them know, you know, I said to them, look, here are the things I, I believe are truly challenging you and the root cause. She was like, right, okay. Well, when you're ready, just begin. You're fine. No. They'll be good. They'll be in the kitchen. Stop. <laughs> I said, um, no, actually, it's going to involve yourself. My God. <sighs> well, that would be nice. I mean, it, we all want to snap our fingers and have everything <laughs> change. But bad news you got to work on it yeah it's kind of good news though right I mean look you you recognize um you grow from it you know you evolve you grow from it and uh um I think that's what's really you know really important I you've been doing this for a long time but don't age somehow which I'm mad about but uh I don't know your secret there but um do you do you notice a shift or a change in what people do worry about parental changes and trends or do you think the fundamentals are constant and remain pretty much the same um i think it's both actually i think that we have concerns that our parents probably had when we were younger Mm. you know um but i also think there are there are new ones and that's dictated by the technology era yeah um and and how fast that is moving, that I think is very hard for our brains to even catch up with, you know. Um, you know, it's just moving radically so fast. And we really um, don't know all the implications no, of it either. We, do, we don't. We don't. And, you know, I, I, I help families as young as six and as old as young adults living at home with um, addiction behavior to video gaming and spending too much time on their self you know on their cell phones and the real causes of that you know um and the underlining reasons and um and i and i feel like you know as i said there were the the you know the the situations of you know families just you know trying to get through and to put bread and butter on the table and to um you know look at jobs um and we we've seen you know over 10 years ago that we had gone through that recession and now we're looking at the economy now and recognizing um, that it's a little bit bleak to say the least, you know, with respects to opportunities and those that have gone to uni or college and, and looking, um, you know, for their job prospects. Um, but I also think that we've come through a lot, you know, and, and we can be very resilient um, if we're, if we're able to, recognize um that this is a phase and that we will push through it you know i think there's much to be said for for resilience and for not pandering too much uh but to recognize and to um validate and to work through um but i i don't subscribe to the let's just sit down and do nothing then you know um i i really do sit in the middle i really don't sit in one box or the other i really do like a balance a compromise um, 
you know, like the parenting trends, you know, trends, parenting trends to me are just trends. They'll go in and they'll go out. Um, families expect and they should expect no less than techniques and advice that will work uh, from myself. So, you know, again, I don't subscribe to the trending of things. You know, um, I'm not going to move with that. I'm going to go with what works because why fix something that's not broken? And there are new advice and techniques that come along the way as I'm working. Of course, I have to move and evolve and change um, too um, with the challenges that are ahead of me. But, um, you know, I don't subscribe to that. I think we have to do what works. And it's been quite amazing with even some of the young generation. Um, you know, you'll, you'll talk to them and they'll be very kind in saying, oh, yes, yeah, so um, more of the old-fashioned approach. Then. Uh-huh. And I'll say, well, no, just an approach that works, that's all. But, you know, <laughs> do, do come back to me if you find that what you want to experiment with don't work. And they all come back. You know, yes. they all end up coming back saying, well, it didn't just quite work because there's a reason, you know. And I feel that if you can explain to families why a child may be refusing um, to behave a certain way or why they're showing up a certain way or why, you know, why is your partner being defensive every time you talk? If, if a family understand then they're more willing to continue moving forward in a space that gets them the results, you know. Um, and parenting has become a billion-dollar empire. Everybody has an opinion. Um, everybody wants to say what they think. Um, but truthfully, they can only talk about their own family or their own child, you know. So with a lot of respect, I'm coming from a place of been, you know, helping families of all different walks of life with all different types of families and dynamics and so you know the life experience I'm given is not coming from a space of you know well I only know what I know from my child you know I'm coming from a place of well I've helped thousands of families you know right because everyone thinks they're an expert if they have a kid but it's their own personal experience whereas you have experience across so many demographics exactly And I love that you empower people with tools that even when you leave, they can continue to foster those new um, techniques. And that's such a blessing for people. We all need help. Yes. It's so important. You know, I remember helping a family. I was, um, I had my show, Joe Frost Nanny on tour, a format that I did here in America. And I was helping a family with sleep issues because I would say it's probably number one right now. uh, Families, um, struggling with sleep um, and sort of nailing down the age group that they had, why there were certain things they needed to do during the day to support healthier sleep of a nighttime. And it was two o'clock in the morning. And um, they said, um, are, are you not going? Like, I see Aww. the crew, the crew are leaving. I'm like, oh, no, I'm here. I'll just be, I'll just be here on the sofa. And they were like, oh, oh, you really do? you really do stay then you really do help I said oh yes like this is to get you in the space um of all being able to sleep as a family um you know so they understood you know they understood that and uh yeah the Atkins family love them they're um you know they're they're doing very well well it does make me really happy when reality television can bring um good storytelling like I said but still be helpful to people and that's why I love you 
And I've taken up too much of your time already, so I'll ask the same thing we ask every guest to Brain Candy Podcast, which is, oh. if, you have, if you have a car, what do you keep in the trunk of your car? If I have a car? Some people don't my- have cars, yeah. Oh, yeah, I do. Um, what do I keep in my car? Um, I've got a blanket in there. Oh, I, do you know, I'm like, <laughs> I'm so, I'm kind of like, because I have a grandson. So I have a grandson, so I keep a blanket in there. I've got so um, nice. snacks in there. I've got like bottles of water, um, an emergency first kit, like the mini ones. So the the nanny the nanny in me never went away. It's Susie. It's like when you've been driving around children all your life. <laughs> I think only maybe six years ago I took a muslin out of my big purse. Like I, you know, you would, yeah, you would carry like little things around with you. Like Eli's, Eli's six years now. But I remember I would still have like a giant linen muzzy just shoved in my purse because if I needed just to dab down a little bit of water and just do something, it would be there. It you is know. handy. I know. My bag's like, it is like Mary Poppins bag. I've got the band-aids and the cream and, you know, the gloss in there. And, you know, so the back of the trunk is, you know, bottles of water, a blankie, a mini emergency kit, um, some Oops, can you hear me? Marvel would do, right? There you go. Yes, this is what I love about this question is it really does tell you a lot about the person yeah. and I expected nothing less from the super nanny. Oh, and recycle shopping bags for when I have to yes. go to the supermarket. So my bags are in there already. I love it. You're prepared for anything. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on this show. You're amazing. <laughs> Thank you, Susie. Hey guys, if you're enjoying this podcast, try giving my podcast, Miraculous Mamas, a listen. Miraculous Mamas is a safe and inclusive place for you to find a huge amount of educational and relatable information about childbirth and parenting with absolutely everything in between. Each week we discuss important topics, share great resources, hear from experts, and listen to birth stories all in an effort to bring you reassuring and informative experiences so that you know that you are not alone. That's all on Miraculous Mamas podcast. Look for the podcast link in the show notes or simply search for Miraculous Mamas on your podcast app. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.